Spin Sisters. I'm Jane Van Brunt, and this is the Dear Spin Sister podcast, originally started about mothers and daughters for mothers and daughters. And many of you may know me as CJ or Calamity Jane, and those same people may wonder about my podcast partner in crime, Roxy. Well, Roxy's back in Lunch Ladyland and having a great time being in person again with the kiddos. As a matter of fact, she's probably on winter holiday as we speak. We met up a few weeks ago to finish the screenplay, if you can imagine, and we did it. Started talking about the screenplay at Roxy's 60th birthday party, which was, many of you might remember, in Sayulita, Mexico, last January. We also, during that time, planned out podcast interviews that we had hoped to do with mothers and daughters. It turns out that that's a really intimidating thing to ask people to do. But we were able to pull off three very special interviews that you can find still taped on Buzzsprout, Spotify, or iTunes by searching for the Dear Spin Sisters podcast. So the screenplay has been our 2021 example of putting a dream out there, setting goals to make it happen. It's been a learning experience to work with a partner, and I highly recommend it. So long as the two or more of you compliment the others, the magic can happen. Roxy and I realized we work well together because I'm an A-dreamer and Roxy's the doer. So I'm allowed time to spin for a while and to look at shiny balls, and then Roxy pulls me back down to earth to focus. We'll have to have her on soon so she can speak for herself about that. She might have another opinion. Oh, but I will say that she taught me something new about my shadow self on this recent visit. You know, the self that lurks just out of sight but comes out at the most inconvenient times. In my very basic understanding, the shadow self is all of those parts of your personality that you don't want to admit to having. Roxy pointed out a part of my shadow self for me while I was trying to find the house on a rainy evening to finish the screenplay. I know she was spot on because just telling the story is embarrassing, and my ego is coming up with an explanation that somehow makes it less lame. But the truth is, I needed to hear it. Okay, so once upon a time in the cute little town of Leavenworth, Washington, a small town I'd traveled to many times. There was a place Roxy and I liked to stay at during podcast tapings. I knew exactly where to go, or so I thought. So I think it started to go bad when I left work later than I wanted and was late. It was rainy. I had the condo pictured in my head and was even positive of the left turn that I needed to take. It didn't look familiar at all, especially when I didn't see any of Roxy's car or anything close by. I was running late, then Roxy called. And I said I was sure I knew where I was going. Just let me get there and then I'll know I'll remember the condo. And she said, are you sure you don't want me to help? I'm really close. Let's meet at some restaurant I don't even remember the name to because I was so busy arguing the point that I've been to Leavenworth and the condo a thousand times and I'm sure it's right down the road. Then Roxy convinced me on the second call to come find me. And what did I do? I waited for her at the intersection of the road. I was sure I was supposed to go down, knowing I'd catch her and save her the hassle of going the whole way. Wrong. Wrong road. Wrong condo. Wrong waiting spot. We had been to two different condos, and the second one was a complete blank to me. That was until Roxy found me and pointed the way to the condo. Then I remembered. (sighs) It's really been a painful but critical lesson for me to learn. I'm sure some of you may have similar experiences, but for me it was kind of a big wake-up call. And I don't think I would have seen this shadow self without her help. 
She was brave enough and trusting enough in our relationship that she could give me the feedback. And so she said it. Jane, you have a really hard time asking for help. Me? Then I started thinking of all the times I wanted to ask for help and didn't. Couldn't. What does that mean? Being vulnerable enough to have someone tease me or criticize my intelligence? Being raised in a family by parents who were teens? Maybe made me hypervigilant and scared? I never wanted to be caught not knowing what to do. But here's the thing. It felt so good to have the talk and to unpack all the possible reasons I think I have to be perfect. And now that I'm aware that shadows are really a thing, I try to notice when I might be doing that perfectionistic, I can do it alone kind of thing. And then I ask for help or advice or whatever. But it's really hard for me to let go and ask for anything, which I am starting to learn is also a huge insult to my friends and family. Am I so perfect I never need help? What kind of message am I sending my adult children? They shouldn't either. You all know I'm a big Brene Brown fan, and her most recent book came out just after Thanksgiving. It's called Atlas of the Heart, and it will be the kind of book I pull out and reread and the reference I'll use during times like this. It's a must-read and a must-have for anyone like me whose language for emotions was limited to angry, sad, and happy. The only emotion allowed growing up in my family was a baseline sadness. There were bouts of anger that didn't last long and moments when I got ahead of myself to be happy about something and learned that was another word for bragging. So I just learned to fit in and to not call attention to myself. Fitting in versus belonging rung true for me when I was trying to understand why I might have used this form of armor my entire life. There are rare moments, even at my age, when I feel true belonging, and that's because I rarely let my guard down long enough to let others see the real me. I've been so used to fitting in, blending in, and doing anything not to stand out. That was a learned behavior from a very young age. Being different or curious, asking too many questions, was just not okay. I learned to silence the little girl who got in trouble for mostly wanting to know about life. So the screenplay is finished, and it's really been a lot of fun working with Roxy. The next thing we have to do is edit our version of what they call a one-pager, which is basically a synopsis of the entire 98 minutes, or so we think, of our film. Once we have that done, we will be building our business plan, which might include attending several film festivals at the beginning of the year, but we may also enter a few screenplay contests. Apparently that's a thing, too. I guess I'll speak for Roxy and myself and go ahead and tell you that this is all really out there for us, you know? It's been a huge stretch, but so was writing the book and starting the podcast. We were just talking about the virtual launch party we had for the book and how nerve-wracking it was to be on screen in front of our friends. It doesn't matter who it is or what you do. The first time you put yourself out there is really scary. And so here we are again, getting ready to show up at film festival parties and market this thing. At the same time, though, it's thrilling and exhilarating and makes me feel young again, so that's good. This episode will air the week of Christmas, a time that is my favorite and more recently a time when lots of bittersweet memories come rushing to the present. This year has been a year of firsts and lasts for me, all good but still really hard. I'm always grateful for friends and the many holiday memories we had when family was so far away and they became my village. And thinking of my two beautiful, healthy adult children brings me joy. I try to shut out the what-ifs long enough to be in the moment and to be fully aware that what-if could always happen. 
or something even more unimaginable than my thoughts allow, but for now, the kids are all right, and so am I. I also think about all of the patients that I've been taking care of lately and the nurses that I work with. It's a really tough time right now with the pandemic seemingly never going away. Nurses are so burned out, and it's really hard. I don't always know what to do uh, with that. We try to have more fun at work. We try to come up with ways to make each other laugh. Silly joke board. Some of the patients are really funny, and they always come with jokes to tell us, which helps all of us have a lighter mood. Holidays are just really hard for any number of reasons for people. And often it's the first year without somebody. And that makes it really hard too. I'm doing this podcast by myself these days. And the main reason I continued the podcast is I wanted to continue to connect as best I could with all of my villages. I think of my friends. Some of them are nurses. Many of them are nurses. Because don't you become friends and family with the people you work with the most? I think of old work friends and lots of reconnection with family, many of who listen to my podcast, which makes me feel like they're in the room with me. So I continue this mainly for connection, but also as a way to keep myself out there a bit. I am going to do something really scary again in 2022. I've started the business plan and I'm getting ready to branch out again. Primarily because I've decided that I can't continue to stay a quiet little girl anymore. There is a lot wrong with our healthcare system. There is a lot wrong with the way that nurses are treated. And I was doing a lot of research trying to figure out why that is. What, what would have happened long ago to have messed up this system so badly that male nurses still get paid more than female nurses for the same job, that most of the executive level nurses that are in positions across the country of authority are mostly men. I don't know how that happened exactly, but I think a lot of it has to do with how we show up as women in this environment and the expectations that uh, somebody else has set for us or we've set for ourselves. So I'd like that to change. I'd like to start talking about nurses being in unions and why that's happened and what that does to a nurse and their own power. Start talking about training nurses to be business owners and to think of themselves as a business and to negotiate a fair salary and a fair work environment for themselves. A recent example started me on this path that really, I don't often get outraged, I don't think, but I was really, really bothered by what was going on. Many nurses have said that they're not leaving a crappy environment knowing that they're going to go to a better environment with what's going on with COVID and inpatient and all of the people that are so sick. But they would rather go to a travel agency and live in hotels or an apartment and go to a different crappy job and get paid so much more money than a hospital is willing to pay them for the same job. It's just so messed up that a hospital does not look to their nurses or a clinic does not look to their nurses as the most valuable resource and really negotiate with them on a fair salary and on a fair work environment. 
I know there's a lot of articles about how hospitals are going under and things are not working the way that they should and hot doctors are overworked and doctors are leaving and nurses are burned out. There's got to be a way to live differently. And all I'm saying is if that a nurse is willing to go work for an agency because they're going to get paid four times the amount of money that they're getting paid in the hospital that they've worked at for 20 years, there's something wrong with that. So I'll keep talking about it. I'm going to keep doing more of my own research. I do believe that there is some power in negotiating for yourself and knowing what you're worth and knowing what you need in order to be fulfilled at work and in order to not feel like you have to be in an environment where you are constantly burned out and stressed. It's not healthy for any of us, and it's not healthy for our patients either. So more to follow on that in our next episode. And it is a very lonely podcast sometimes without my friend, uh, but I will plod along uh, and continue to connect with all of you. I'll end with one of Renee's many insightful quotes out of her Atlas of the Heart book. It's such a beautiful book. She says, there are too many people in the world today who decide to live disappointed rather than risk feeling disappointed. Not so different than being unwilling to risk the feeling of joy for the thought of dread that will follow. So here's to living joyfully in the moment and to loving yourself so that you'll have the authentic ability to love others too. As Roxy and I always finish, let's go with the flow while doing our best. Change what we can and let go of the rest. Peace to all and to all a good night. This is Jane Van Brunt and this is the Dear Spin Sisters podcast. Goodbye.